And part of that harvest is not only for souls, but also for the healing of their bodies and for their lives to be enriched. Amen? And so as wise ambassadors, we are in training on Wednesday night. We are learning, as the Amplified says, to bring healing. Amen? So since we're believers and we are ambassadors and we are to lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover, amen, through faith in the name of Jesus, then it would behoove us to learn all that we can about how to minister to the sick. Amen? And so that's what this is all about. At some point, in some fashion, um, we'll be having some specialized Perhaps workshops, you may call them, where we get down to some real nitty-gritty things about the training. But you keep coming, and your life will be enriched. Now, you notice that the ushers passed out tonight the first lesson on healing. And uh, the CD is available in the bookstore, I believe. And uh, last week will be uh, passed out to you uh, next week, okay? And so take this and be blessed. And we're going to go ahead and dismiss children's ministry at this time. Amen. So if you would, turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. And we're going to look at chapter 4. And uh, we're going to be looking at God's medicine. You know, we live in a very medicated society, do we not? But I believe that in Christ Jesus, we also should be highly medicated. Not necessarily also should be, but we in Christ, we should be highly medicated. Amen. In other words, taking several doses of God's medicine on a regular basis will not cause, cause you to overdose. But there will be an infusion of the Word of God which has the power contained in it to heal, to deliver, and to set free. There will be an infusion into your spirit and healing will begin to work mightily in you from the inside out. And uh, over the course of uh, the rest of this year, we're bringing in some very highly, highly developed, highly trained ministers that will be ministering the Word of God to you. We are a blessed bunch. Brother Moore is going to be here in November. Praise the Lord. The Hagans are going to be here in October. Amen. You know, when Dad Hagan was alive, he was in our church at least five or six times. It was a joy and a privilege to have him here. And then Mark and Janet Brzee are going to be in our church. And they're going to be uh, here on 9-11. Amen. We're going to celebrate Brenda's birthday that day. And just have a time in the Lord. So we are a blessed people. We are uh, encouraged in the Lord by what God is doing. Amen. So look with me at Proverbs chapter 4. And let's look at verses 20 through 23. Amen. Proverbs, the fourth chapter. And I thank you for your help tonight because I don't have my Bible with me. But Brenda's got hers. It says, my son, attend to my words. He said, now incline thine ear to my sayings. We covered what the word attend means last week. It means to consider the word, to keep your mind, to keep your heart set upon him and his word. It's like the book of Hebrews says, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our profession. Now we are either considering one of two things, sometimes more. We are either considering God and his word or the circumstances and the symptoms. Amen. And so what we're endeavoring to encourage you in, in the Word of God, is to put God's Word first place. 
Now, I know that they can be difficult. I know that that can be a fight. But you know what? We are born to fight. We are born to win. And that's why he said in his word that in Christ, we can fight the good fight of faith. I remember a preacher many years ago said this. He said, you know what a good fight is, don't you? And we said, no, what? He says, it's a fight you win. So in Christ Jesus, let's live on the winning side. What do you say? And really, that's what Abraham did. And we looked at that last week. He didn't consider his own body now dead. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he was strong in faith, amen, and he gave glory to God. So there was a consideration that was taking place on Abraham's part. It just wasn't what was going on in the natural. What he considered was the word, what God said. Oh, we'll live in the happy side of life and be that much better in life if we'll just consider what the word says. Amen. Amen. So let now this word of Christ dwell in you richly. Jesus said it like this. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. So my son, attend to my words. Incline, now know here's what we want to see. Incline thine ears unto my sayings. So begin then to listen to the word of God with the ears of your heart. You see, you have two sets of ears, don't you? You have the outer ears and you have the inner ears. And that's what Jesus said. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So when you go to the word of God, be diligent about it. Don't approach the word of God in a casual manner, but approach the word of God in a holy, reverent manner, expecting to hear from God. Amen. Now, notice with me in Proverbs chapter 20, part B in the Amplified, and we could uh, pull that up there. Proverbs chapter 24, uh, excuse me, verse 20 and part B. You know, uh, to incline our ears to his sayings means also that we must not incline our ears to the traditions of men. Or even sometimes to the saying of relatives. Amen. See, mama don't trump Jesus. Grandma don't trump the father. The father and Jesus trump them all. The traditions of men do not trump the truth that sets you free. Now notice this. My son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let's go on to the next one. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. So let's go back to this now. Incline your ears. Incline your ears. Put yourself in a position to hear the Word of God. Now, many of you know Joel Osteen. You see him on television, right? Well, we knew his daddy a little bit and Dodie, his mama. Well, his mama... Dodie was uh, diagnosed with liver cancer many, many, many years ago. And they really gave her up to a death sentence, didn't they? And they said, well, you know, you're going to be dead in so long. And, you know, so her and John, her and Brother Osteen went home and they got on their face in the living room floor and they just began to pray. And by the grace of God, she received her healing by faith. But then what she did is she got herself, I don't know whether it was 40 or 50 scriptures, and she began to read these scriptures every day before she'd leave the house. 
She was diligent about reading these scriptures and applying these scriptures to her life. And she didn't take that liver cancer as a death sentence. What she did is she got up every morning, whether she felt like it or not, and read her scriptures. And then she didn't pull the sheet over her head. She went out about her pastoral duties and visited other people that were battling things. So instead of receiving a curse, she decided to be a blessing. Why? Because she had revelation that she was blessed. Anyway, that's the the way the Lord was leading her to do it. Well, I don't know how many years later it is. It's probably 25 or 30 years later. No trace of cancer in her liver. She's alive. She's well. She's about doing good and being a blessing. Amen. But she will not leave her house without reading these scriptures. In other words, she's inclining her ear to his sayings, to his word. Now, it's one thing to hear Pastor Mark preach or Pastor Tom preach or whoever preaches. It's one thing, and that's good. Faith comes. But it's another thing to hear yourself preach the word to yourself. See, in the Bible, it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. In order for faith to be activated and to work real strong in our lives, faith must be in two places. It's like Romans 10.10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if we want to get unto salvation, which includes preservation and healing and prosperity, if we want to get unto that place, faith has got to be in two places. It's got to be in your heart and in your mouth. Amen? So inclining your ear to the sayings of God by hearing yourself speak what God's Word says about you. So let's just take a few verses tonight. What do you say we take a dose of God's medicine? Now, whether you realize it or not, you're being trained. Because it's working in your life, it's going to work in your life, but then you'll be able to take these same truths that you're hearing and you'll be able to visit people in the hospital. You'll be able to say, okay, it's time to take a dose. It's time to take some of God's medicine. How are you? Good to see you. God bless you. So turn in your Bibles to Psalm 103. Terry read this this morning as during prayer time. and man, we got blessed. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 3. Glory to God. Everyone say, glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Now, let's stop right there. The mere fact that he told us not to forget any of his benefits means that we as human beings, come on now, have a tendency to forget what belongs to us. So he says, now don't forget any of his benefits. I have discovered in my own life, and I know it must be true in your life as well, that one way that I forget his benefits is not being thankful for them or taking them for granted. Or approaching it casually. And you know if the pastor does that, maybe you've done that too, I don't know. But forget not his benefits. Be thankful. Glory to God. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now he goes on to list what some of these benefits are. Are you ready to shout? All right. Thought you might be. Verse 3. 
who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Amen. Who healeth all thy diseases. That's good news, isn't it? All of them. How many is all in Hebrew? That's what I thought. (laughs) So all in Hebrew means everything or all, right? Every one of them. Now listen, known and unknown to mankind. I mean, medical science may put some fancy name on it, but just understand this, that He has healed you of every disease. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Amen. Let's read a little bit more. Notice it, verse 4. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who does that sound like when you say the word destruction? D-devil. (laughs) D-devil. My wife just got revelation right there. No, destruction sounds like the word destroy. Starts with a D, it's the devil. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Well, why did you come, Jesus? I've come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. Not redundantly, but abundantly. Abundant life. Now notice this. Who redeemeth thy life from what? Now, we've been hearing in the news. We've been seeing all around. We've been seeing destruction, haven't we? Now what we don't want to do is we don't want to buy into a negative lifestyle expecting and believing for destruction. We want to expect and believe for restoration. Even in Joplin, Missouri, we're going to receive an offering sometime soon for the people down in Joplin. And our heart goes out to them. But I'm going to tell you what. The Word of God, according to the Bible, says that He redeems your life. He redeems your life from destruction. Somebody says, well, why do these things happen? I don't know why they happen. I am not a Bible scholar. I don't have a theological dysentery. Theological whatever. I can't tell you. All I know is we live in an imperfect world. And I know that the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But I'm not going to get on the negative side of life. I'm going to proclaim that he redeems your life. Yeah, but you live on the Hayward fault. Well, that's not my fault. Not my fault. Amen. It's not my fault we live on the Hayward fault. I mean, if God called us to have a church on the Hayward fault, we're just going to have to declare protection and restoration and redemption from destruction. Amen. Now notice this word redeemeth. That is in the continual sense. He redeemeth continuously your life from destruction. Why is that? Because life has many opportunities to be snared. In life, you'll have many opportunities to be destroyed. But we serve a God who has redeemed us, is redeeming us, and yet will still redeem us. Say it with me real strong. He continually... Redeems my life from destruction and he brings restoration into my life. All right, quickly, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5. We're taking a dose. Taking a dose. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm taking a dose 
of God's medicine into my spirit. I know we said it last week, but let me say it again. Medical science heals from the outside in. Is that right? As a matter of fact, they, they treat your body from the outside in. And your body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost, oftentimes responds to that because built within your body is the capability for, for healing. That's the way medical science works. But Dr. Jesus, Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha, he works where? He works from the inside out. Amen? So you can't tell what a guy's got by looking on the outside. I'm going to say that again because that's fairly decent preaching for a Wednesday night at 8-11. <laughs> right. You cannot tell what a guy's got by looking on the outside. God doesn't look at the outside. God looks at the inside. And so, hey, you may be sniffing, you may be blowing, you may be barfing. I don't know. But let me tell you this. Your confession should be this. Glory to God. I got someone on the inside. And he's working on the outside. Someone bigger than what I look like on the outside is working in me on the inside. Thank you, Jesus. Now look at Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. Incline your ear to my saints. Let them not depart from before thine eyes. Keep your eyes trained on the word. Matthew, uh, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Let's read it together and personalize it. Say it this way. Surely he hath borne my griefs and carried my sorrows. Yet I esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Next verse. But he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I are healed. I are healed. It ain't proper English, but it works. I are you healed? Now look at verse 4 again. That word griefs and sorrows is a little bit blind to us, but in the little Hebrew, the word griefs is sicknesses. You need to know that. If you're an ambassador of healing, you need to know that. Because surely, that's positive right there. He hath, past tense, born. The word born carried away as to a great distance. It's like the scapegoat let go in the wilderness. He hath born your sicknesses and carried well Lord I'll carry half of the pain if you'll just carry the rest no the good news is what this he already carried all your sorrows and the word sorrows there is pains so read it like that say it declare it with me he has has borne my sicknesses and carried my pains now Since that is a Bible truth, right? We could say it this way. What he bore, I don't need to bear. And what he carried, I don't need to carry. What he took, I don't need to take. And you know, sometimes you just flat need to get sassy where the devil's concerned. You see, it says himself took our infirmities. 
Well, he took it. And what we need to do is have an eyeball-to-eyeball confrontation with the devil and say, now look, Mr. Devil, I'm not taking this anymore. You can take your sickness and disease and you can go back to where you came from. That's a politically correct way of saying, go to Hades. (laughs) You know, you get the word in, you get heaven in, and you get hell out. That's what Keith Hershey said. Get heaven in and get hell out. Amen. Now, so get get, get bold, get tenacious with this. Speak to these things. Don't accept them. Oh, the other night, you know, Sunday was a real busy day. And I, I laid down and all of a sudden the whole room just started spinning. I mean, I thought I was spinning right out of this world, you know. And all of a sudden, you know, fear tried to grip me. And then the next day I was working out and I did about an hour and 15 minutes, a good workout. And I put one of the weights down and all of a sudden that same feeling came over. The devil's lying to me. Telling me he's going to take you out. He can't take me out. To take me out, he'd have to take God out. Now, I didn't say I'm God, but I'm in God and God's in me. So, when fear knocks on your door, you've got to address it with faith. In 1 John 5, 4, it says, Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen. So, what is your response going to be to that terrorist? Now, we know... What SEAL Team 6's response was to that terrorist. I think this, that our response should not be with natural weapons, but with spiritual weapons. You understand this, that the devil is the master terrorist. And he wants to torment your life and give you days of hell on earth. Exactly the opposite of God. Who wants to give you days of heaven upon the earth? Well, we better go there. Look at 1 John chapter 4. There's nothing cut and dry about these services. 1 John chapter 4. Let's look at verse 16 through 18. He is the master terrorist. And all of his isms are based on fear. Terrorism is based on fear. Oppression comes from fear. Now notice in 1 John 4, verse 16, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And where does God dwell? So where does God live? Where is God dwelling? Okay, now notice in verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may be chickens. That we may tuck tail. No, thank God that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now notice this. Read the rest of it with me. Because as He is, so are we in this world. 
Now, religion says it like this. As he is, so will we be. But as he is. As he is. As he is. So is you. Glory to God. As he is, so am I. Now notice verse 18 in the Amplified Version. 18, verse 18. So Satan is the master terrorist. He works on the fearfulness and the ignorance of those that are so oppressed. In 1 John chapter 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love, what does it do to fear? Perfect love casteth out fear. Now that's the King James Version. Notice this with me in the other one. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors. Say it with me. Full-grown love that is perfected. It turns fear out of doors. Glory to God. So then, is it important for us to be developed in love? Is it important for us to walk in love? Is it important for us to be gracious and kind to the people around us? Or can we just be mean and gnarly and nasty? (laughs) Treating people like they're the scum of the world. No. No, No. No, if we're going to dispel fear, we need to walk in love. That won't cost you anything extra. But love turns fear out of doors. And I love this. And expels. Anybody ever been expelled before? I have. You've got one honest guy in the house. I've been expelled, but I've been restored. Amen. But you know what happened when they expel you from school? <laughs> they remove you from school. They say, later, buddy. Call us back in a few days and we'll see how we feel. But when you're walking in love, you're not expelling students, you're expelling lies. You're expelling the terror that comes from fear. Now this is great, great, great Bible knowledge for you to grab hold of. Because... When you operate in fear, it attracts the things that fear brings. Fear has torment. Job said that the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. The only thing that we ought to greatly fear, and he's not a thing, is God. And it's not the fear of being afraid, but it's reverence. Oh, Jesus. Now notice with me that Isaiah says that we can be established in righteousness. We can be far from oppression for we do not fear. You will and you must contend with fear. I mean, your hands might be sweating. And your knees might be knocking. 
But you can't tell what a man's got on the inside by looking at the hand sweating on the outside. You can't tell a man of faith by looking at his knees knocking. Those are all just symptoms of fear. But child of God, rise up. And don't run from your fears. But face your fears. And act on the word that tells us over and over and over again in the Bible. Fear not. Fear not. What did Jesus say to Jairus when his daughter had died already? He said, fear not, only believe. So the truth of the matter is, is you're going to have to deal with fear. You'll have to deal with it on a regular basis. And to help people, you'll have to get them out of the land of fear. And sometimes it just doesn't come by casting out a spirit of fear. Because oftentimes these strongholds of fear are embedded in their soul. They're embedded in their mind by the way they've been taught, by the way they think, and by the way they've talked for so many years. Are you listening to me? And so to break estaviendes, to really help people and dislodge the fear, there must be a replacement of the fear in the Word of God. It's the law, we could call it the law of displacement. How many of you know what the law of displacement is? Okay, we got a, we got a great big, huge glass of milk up here. But we want all the milk out, right? And we got a great big, huge gallon bucket of water right here and so we take that water hello is the pizza here yet next one that gets caught with their cell phone on buys everyone a pizza just kidding oh it's my wife forget it i'm sorry (laughs) all right displacement yes get back to the message brother Amen. So to displace the milk, and if you want water, you just got to keep pouring. And keep pouring. And keep pouring. Now, pretty soon there's a half a glass of milk. But if you keep pouring, and keep pouring, you get down to a quarter. Amen? And you keep pouring and pouring until all of the fear is gone. And you've replaced it with the pure water of God's Word. And that doesn't, you know, I, I've been, I almost said this business, this isn't a business. I've been in ministry for over 30 years. And one thing I know for sure, I, I've observed this just by, you know, you learn some things just by being in the ministry for a few years. And what I've seen is a lot of people want something but they don't want to put any effort into it. And that's why you have, uh, you know, people wanting to pray something out when God says, no, you got to get your mind renewed. And oftentimes, you know, you can pray out and you can cast something out and get rid of something. But if the person's not diligent about replacing old patterns and old thoughts and old habits with the 
lifestyle of the kingdom, sooner or later, that stuff comes back. And sometimes it comes back worse than before. Amen? And so, in learning this then, in, in, in being trained in this then, uh, oftentimes one of the main things you've got to deal with in people's life to get them healed is you've got to deal with fear. Okay? Now, the C word, the cancer word. Okay? Uh, I don't know how many millions and millions of people have died from cancer. And, and, and I have, and my wife has, and you have. We've all experienced close ones, loved ones. My, my, my father died of pancreatic cancer. My, my brother Tim, who's just two years older than me, who's in heaven, died of pancreatic cancer. Brenda's mama passed away when Brenda was barely 21 uh, of cancer. Okay, And so cancer has a connotation of death. You know, you never hear anybody, well, I've just been to the doctor and you know what they say, I've got colon cancer. Glory to God, you know. Uh-uh. No, because we know that cancer can lead to death. Isn't that right? But listen very carefully. The word cancer is subject to the word. And the word cancer is subject to a name that is above every name. Well, why doesn't everyone receive healing? We're going to deal with those things, but not tonight. But the issue that I'm dealing with right now is fear. Because a report of cancer is not a faith builder. It's a fear deal where it pulls people down. And once the diagnosis is given, given, people have a tendency to just go home and then say, well, it's over. But you know it's not over. It's not over till it's over. Are you listening to me? And there are some things that we can do. Things like the anointing. <laughs> things like the power of God. And I believe with all of my heart that in the last days there's going to be people healed, multitudes of people healed of cancer. I believe it with all my heart. But in helping people, you want to get hope into them. You want to get some hope into them. You don't want to come into agreement with them and say, you know, it's over with. It's, you're going to be dead in six months. No, let's start at least the law of displacement. And let's approach them with wisdom. And let's approach them with love. And let's approach them with the Word of God. Because God is able, saints. I said God is able. Now here's another thing that's real important. If you know you are battling something in your body. Okay, some of you are battling staying awake right now. And believe me, I feel you. I really feel you, man. In about two hours, I won't be feeling anything. But if, if you're battling something in your physical body, okay, and, and you know that something's just not quite right, 
And, and now this is by and large because you can be led by the Spirit not to go to the doctor. Just like you can be led by the Spirit to go to the doctor. But my observance has been is a lot of people don't go to the doctor for a test because they're afraid they might find out something negative. Okay? And, and it's their life. They can do what they want to do and all that. But I tell you, people like that have died. People like that have died. People are not here anymore because they let fear rob them of something a doctor could have done for them through medical science to help them. Are you listening to me? You know, I'm, I'm thinking of people and I can't, I can't say who they are and all that types of things, but I've seen it happen and it's sad. Don't let fear rob you out of God's blessing in your life. And if a doctor's used, so be it. The devil didn't raise up doctors. Now I know the devil uses some doctors. So you've got to be led. If you're going to go, you better get the right one. But I think what it all boils down to is you've got to be led down here. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. What are they? They are the sons of God. So bottom line is we want to put fear on the run. Every bit of it. Every stinking bit of it. Say it with me real strong. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, we break the spirit of fear that would come against our lives. In the name of Jesus, we address those things right now. And we proclaim victory and strength and health in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name. Same thing's true about finances. Same exact thing's true about finances. Purposely, there are sometimes I just don't even look at the finances. I don't even look at them. But sometimes you got to. Amen? And uh, if you let yourself yield to fear, you could do it big time. Because of the way that the world talks about it. Now, how many of you here tonight are battling finances right now. Raise your hand. How many of you here? That's several of you. Now, how many of you have got a plan to overcome the battle? Glory to God, that's more than raise their hand. Well, I guess you're all good then. Would you please counsel my wife and I later? We need a little help. Oh, they're going to Financial Peace University. Okay, that's right. All right. Well, you know, a lack of knowledge is how people are destroyed. All right. Three more scriptures. Matthew eight seventeen. I promise not to comment like I commented on the last one. Matthew eight seventeen says, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. 
What he took, we don't need to take. What he bore, he doesn't, we don't need to bear. Then 1 Peter 2.24, quickly. 1 Peter 2.24, incline your ear to his sayings. 1 Peter 2.24 says this, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Let me ask you this, is were past tense or not? How many of you ever heard of a struggling preacher by the name of Fred Price? Now, I suppose to be politically correct, I should call him Dr. Price. And I love Dr. Price. But he's Fred to me. Because <laughs> he was Fred back in the 70s, and he's still Fred to me. But he's a man of God. He said it like this. He said, by whose stripes you were healed. Then he went on to say, he says, if you were healed, you are healed. And if you are healed, you is healed. Were, are, is. Lastly, Galatians 3, verse 13. Well, did you get anything out of tonight at all? You know, the grace of God is on my life. His grace is sufficient for me. Amen? Normally, I don't stay in the office all day on Wednesday, but uh, normally I don't even come in on Wednesday. But today I was here all day. It was an all-dayer. And so the grace of God is helping me preach tonight. Amen. 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 Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Read it with me. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Has. Past tense. He has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Now, if you take time, and we will during the course of this study, we'll look at all the diseases listed in Deuteronomy chapter 28. You know tuberculosis is in there? Do you know that insanity is in there? Did you know that infectious diseases are in there? You know strokes are in Deuteronomy 28 as a part of the curse? Madness? Heart attacks? The King James Version calls it astonishment of heart. That's heart attacks. It's also anxiety. The Bible says it's a curse. But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Not only all those that I mentioned, but every sickness and disease that's not mentioned is a curse. Now let's all stand up. Hallelujah. If you're dealing with diabetes, if you're dealing with uh, arthritis, perhaps you're dealing with, with some sort of an infectious disease, Maybe you've been dealing with, uh, you know, I don't know what it might be, but you know. And that has a name, right? And according to the Bible, that's a curse. So here's what we're going to do in closing tonight. We're just going to lift our hands, and I want you to repeat this after me. According to Deuteronomy 28, the sickness and disease that I am standing against is a curse. But praise God, Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I believe I am free 
from this disease, from this arthritis, from whatever it might be, from this infectious disease. I call my body healed. I call my body free. Now let's lift our voice and thank Him for it. Father, we thank You for it. We give You glory for it, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank You, Lord.